to not to drink all those frescas before we got in the car. Mother, please. You're embarrassing me. No, I'm not. Seymour needs the toilet. His bladder's full. Full of urine. Yeah, thanks. It's just past the end of the bar, next to the heavyset guy. Heavyset? What's that supposed to mean? All right, take it easy. Take it easy. I'm just saying, you ain't no uh, Tommy Toon. No Tommy Toon, eh? Oh, that's it. You insulted my honor. I, you what now? I demand satisfaction. Oh! I challenge you to a duel. Hey, a duel? Are you... Isn't that a little extreme? Here, here, have a free beer. Really? But you've never given anyone a free beer. Yeah, I ain't never been slapped with no dueling glove before, either. Wow. A free beer. And I owe it all to a little glove slap. Glove slap, baby glove slap. Mm. Four-finger discount, dude. Welcome to Four-Finger Discount. This week we are here to review EI, EI, Annoy, Grunt. I am Dando. And I am Guy. Hello there, Dando. How you doing, my man? Yeah, I'm not too bad now. We're not going to lie to the listeners. We never do that. Um, we just had a bit of a, a technical issue. And we actually discussed in the technical issue version of things, which we may release to the patrons, <laughs> um, <laughs> was was that I always thought this was just E-I-E-I, annoy grunt. I, I didn't get what it meant. Explain to me, what, what, explain to me once again what, what you taught me this morning. Well, I assumed that it was E-I-E-I, oh! Which is obviously what it is. It's common sense. Anyone with a brain should actually realize that. But me, for the last 25 years, have never understood it. Dude, everybody has their blind spots when it comes to this kind of thing. I mean, as I, I said before, I don't know how many years it took me to realize that Legally Blonde was a play on Legally Blind. Yeah, I, I had no idea either. <laughs> <laughs> and when you, when you know it and when you see it, it's kind of like, oh. Yeah. And exactly. you kind of feel good for getting it, but also I was like, oh, did, did everyone get this like immediately? And it took me ages. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a shocker when that happens. But, uh, but we've cleared it up now. So actually, yes. patrons and, and listeners of the show, if you've got any blind spots like that, if you've, you know, if there's a joke that just went right over your head, by all means, let us know about it. Help us feel like we're not alone in the world. Yeah, mailbag at fourfigurediscount.com.au and also just continue to send through your questions and everything else. I was just asking you before as well about isolation and everything, how you're going. I was telling you how last night, Nicola and I, just to get a bit of normality in our lives, we contacted the local pub, the Sporting Globe, which is still doing deliveries, and um, we ordered, uh, it was palmy night, so we ordered a chicken parmesan rich. Um, Nicola got the loaded palmy, and, and I've got to be honest, man, it was just so lovely to have something that, you know, just look and tasted like a pub meal. It just made it took me back to two months ago when life was normal. Look, I'm I'm a big fan of I, I'm I'm quite at home in the kitchen. I like to cook. I like I mean I'm not superb at it. I don't think I'm going to be on my kitchen rules or master chef anytime soon. But I mean I can whip up a fairly decent result and all that kind of stuff. And I like the process. I, I find cooking kind of therapeutic and calming and creative and all that kind of business. But I'll tell you, I mean after you know whipping up dishes for goodness knows how long, I cracked the other day. 
I got Deliveroo to bring me some Maccas. <laughs> Maccas. I did, yeah, I know. So you're, you're going on about this lovely handcrafted palmy that you got from the from the globe or wherever, and it's like, nah, just just bring me a quarter panda. <laughs> well, see, I I don't know what it is, but it's, it's funny because I generally don't like McDonald's. I haven't had I've had McDonald's once in maybe the last. And this is gonna this is gonna sound like bullshit, but I reckon once in the last five years, I we just don't get McDonald's. It's just not our go-to. It's if we're getting that kind of junk food, it's KFC. Yeah, it's always just KFC. But you got to look at the the advertising for Maccas for like Deliveroo and stuff like that, and their food just looks so delicious in the marketing. Oh, but even yeah. I've been tempted in the last week to go. Do I get Macca's delivered? Because this fucking looks great. But I just know when I get it, the burger's going to be all, you know, slopped to the side because the box doesn't... They're not wrapped up in wrapper anymore. They're in boxes. So they move around the box and it'll be cold by the time it gets here. And I'm like, I know the the, the anticipation will be great, but the result won't be what I expected. So you I will be... do it. But you will indeed be let down. Yeah. Yeah. What, were, you let, were you let down? What did you get from Macca's? I, I was a little let down. I think I got the, uh, like, the crispy chicken clubhouse... Uh, you know, burger or something with burger yeah. of some kind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The meal with the with the large fries and the coke and all that, and an apple pie. I, I like the apple pie. I'm a sucker for the apple pie. That's one thing they've always been able to master is the apple pie, isn't it? Yeah. I'll, look, when they get it right, they get it right. I mean, there are a few things finer, you know, than a, a quarter pound of cheese fresh off the grill. The cheese is melted just right. I mean, if you get if if everything sort of works in perfect synchronicity. The, you know, you've got the fries that are just out of the uh, out of the deep fryer, out of the. You got the burger that's fresh off the grill. The premix is just right on the coke. Yeah, oh, yeah. Mac has earned their money and then some. But yeah, <laughs> that's maybe I love that. the pre- the premix is just right. <laughs> yeah, and that's ten percent of the time. I mean, ninety percent of the time it's just like eh, it's Mac's. Oh, actually, yeah. sorry, that's eighty five percent of the time. Five percent of the time you get bad Mac's, and it's like oh, I'm never eating this again. And of course you do. Now we're, we're we're talking fast food. I mean, we really should probably talk Simpsons, perhaps. I mean, FFD does not stand for fast food discussion. It stands for four finger no. discount. <laughs> so I thought I thought EI EI annoyed grunt. It was an entertaining story, a bit wacky, but I always enjoy when the family venture out of Springfield and go do something different, out of the norm. And that's what this episode was. I like that as well. I mean, I think in pre when we've talked about previous episodes. It's been how, um, you know, they're basically one story, you know, and, and, and that's it. And it, it all kind of works very well in that one sort of, um, that one delivery. But, you know, with this one, it felt like two separate things sort of weirdly wedged together. I mean, the first, well, the first 10 minutes or so, no, maybe first, first third of the episode, no, it was, certainly. It was, the, it was the, first, the first half of the episode was, Is all was glove. them getting to the farm. Yeah. It's all glove slap. Yeah, it's yeah. I mean, uh, you could think the whole episode would be about the duel, you know, and uh, Homer sort of getting out of the duel that he has to get it that he's managed to sort of you know, bungle his way into with this uh, this southern gentleman who really likes to duel. Um, and then it becomes about tobacco in the second half. It's like, well, look, it's not bad. I mean, it's sort of it's not quite two great tastes that take taste great together, but it just felt a little uh, sort of disjointed to me like two yeah. two pieces of puzzle that were weirdly wedged together i look I, I like both sides of the puzzle but yeah it felt like yeah you know, a couple of there were a few people in the writing rooms like eh, i've been working on this uh, this idea where homer starts you know challenging people to duels but i don't know how to finish it 
and, <laughs> and someone was going, you know, it's funny. I've got an episode where, you know, the Simpsons uh, have a farm and they create, you know, like addictive tomatoes, but I don't know how to start it. And so I was like, hey, there you go. And yeah. you know, sort of wedged the two together. Look, I did. I, I got a few laughs out of this episode. Absolutely, I, mean, I don't think it's a. I don't think it's a classic. But uh, although, I mean, I do like the stuff at the start more than the. I like the dual stuff more than the farm stuff. I got to say, the, the dual stuff was very funny, wasn't it? <laughs> absolutely. I mean, and look, I've, I think I've used the term joke density before um, in talking about Simpsons episode, and there's a lot of just little throwaways and yeah, you know, marquee gags and one-liners and. Uh, Blink and you'll miss some gags in the first half, of the, and that's something that I really, really enjoy. So, um, yeah, I mean, I was yeah pretty satisfied with the first half. Not dissatisfied with the second half, but I yeah preferred the first. Well, this has one of the um the more iconic adult visual gags with the Sneed sign. Abs- did you see that one? I did indeed. I, I, I'm pretty sure that would have to be up there with the dirtiest joke ever on The Simpsons. Yeah, <laughs> Sneed's feed and seed, formerly Chucks. <laughs> formerly Chucks. <laughs> That's fantastic. Now, if you don't know what that means, listeners, we're not going to tell you. You'll just have to figure it out for yourself. <laughs> I was going to say, what's great about it is that no kid would ever pick up on that. Ever. No. I mean... But it's just, it's so dirty. It's amazing. <laughs> I remember the first time I saw that, actually. I mean, um, I don't know if I saw this in a like the first run or when it, uh, you know, it probably ran as a repeat at some stage, but saw that and went, oh, they're pushing their luck there. <laughs> um, and you know, I really appreciate that they sort of felt emboldened enough to to push their luck in that way with uh, with the Sneed's feed and seed gag. I must say, I watched this one. I always watch them through the headphones now because I watch them at night. Don't want to wake up Elliot. And I was saying last week how the the sound of their heads exploding was very upsetting to me. But oh yeah, this, the the sound of Homer slapping people was so satisfying. <laughs> Like if you've ever watched this episode with headphones, every time he slaps somebody, it's amazing. I will, I will. <laughs> now, before we get into what we usually do, the favorite moments, the new names, and everything else that comes with Four Figure Discount, we need to remind our listeners that this week's podcast is brought to you by our $20 patrons, Jordan, Mom, and Richie, Christopher Darby, Nick Barbaro, and Andrew Zer. Thank you so much, guys, for your ongoing support. Also, a big thank you to our new $5 plus patrons, Seth, Lydia, Bernmeyer, Rollo, Bryce Mitchell, George Hellman, George Holman, I should say, and Tom Barden. Thank you so much, guys. Oh, champions and legends, every last one of them. Hey, my favourite. Guy, what was your favourite moment from the episode? Um, well, look, it's very hard to go past Needs, Feed and Seed, isn't it? Um, as a bit of a movie nerd, I was very partial to the mark, the, the marquee of the cinema when they, uh, when they first rock up and they've got various sort of uh, pun titles, including Shakespeare in Heat, <laughs> does booty call that's another call out for booty call another shout out to booty yeah. call in uh in uh well a handful of episodes they must have really loved that one in the writer's room that 70s movie as opposed to that 70s show and probably my favorite my dinner with jar jar that was my favorite i was hoping you saw that one <laughs> <laughs> so yeah I like, I like that very very much you know i'm really surprised that jar jar binks has just sort of disappeared i feel like he's almost become He's almost become like a cult hero now. I feel like if they did like a, a Jar Jar release, people would get on board because he was hated back in the day and for good reason. He was a fucking horrible character. But I feel like now, if it was sort of like a tongue-in-cheek piss take with Jar Jar, I feel like people would get behind it. I get the feeling he would be resurrected as a bit like, um, you know, do you know Peppy the Frog? 
like the the sort of the yeah. right the right wing meme. I get the feeling that he'll probably be resurrected as that kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, sort of saying really just objectionable stuff, but with the goofy looking Jar Jar look on his face, and people are like, are these people insulting me? Are they being ironic? I can't tell. <laughs> My favorite moments were I really appreciated the way Snake responded when Homer first slapped him. Of you crazy dude, <laughs> 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 and uh, and uh, just Homer versus the tractor. That yeah, actually, that was really great. <laughs> they sort of kept running with that, just ending just up kept under going the and going. Game. And if like if, even in the photo montage, it's yeah. just under the tractor. <laughs> no, that that was a really good one. Actually, I like that gag a lot. From this day forward, your names will be new names for this week. I'm going to do a little quick run through of the leaderboard before you give our new top three. So in third position, we have Dave Abbott-Smith on three points. Mm-hmm. In second position, we have Jimmy Farouja on four. And tied in first position, we have Mr. Gia himself of six points and Andrew Parker at six as well. Oh, the road nice. Harry Hill, by the way, is Gia. <laughs> <laughs> of course he is. Nice work to all those, uh, all those fine people. If we're looking at new titles for the episode, yeah, I think we can do better than E-I-E-I-Do. Uh, or EIEI annoyed grunt. And look, the, the patrons have come through with some good ones. In number one, getting one point this time around is... Now, my uh, apologies to Sean if I mispronounce his, uh, his surname. Sean Soash? Soash? Sowash? Mm-hmm. Um, living a dual life. As Not in, bad. Yeah, yeah I, I thought that was pretty good. One point to Sean for that one. The aforementioned gear... It gets two points, Geroid Herahill, for Homer Simpson, Farmed and Dangerous. thought that was pretty good. Oh, not bad. So, Gear is now in first position on eight points, unless Andrew Parker has some some points up his sleeve. Bad luck this time, Andrew. Uh, Not this time around. Standing atop the dais with a little gold medal, the three points this time around, is Jordan Moleman Ritchie, because sometimes, you know... Sometimes it's quality, sometimes it's quantity, and sometimes it's both. Now, if you, you know, you, you supply us with a few alternative titles, and a few of them are pretty good, well, that's going to be in your favour. What did Jordan bring us this time around? Cows Go Wacko for Mako was one of them that I thought was pretty good. <laughs> that's a local, only locals will get that one, I think. <laughs> well, I did want to ask about that in a minute, but uh, also I now pronounce you... Um, I believe it. I now pronounce you Chucks and uh, Chucks and Larry. Yep. Uh, which is a bit of a play on the Adam Sandler uh, uh, movie from the from back in the day. So um, I thought they were. I thought they were both pretty good. I thought that was top work by Jordan Moleman Richie. So three points to Jordan. Uh, did Did you have anyone who just missed out this week? Um, look, there were too many honourable mentions to actually mention this time around. I remember flicking through and thinking these these are pretty damn good. Some of these. Absolutely. Look, I, would, I wouldn't want to uh, disrespect those who did not get honourable mentions by giving honourable mentions to some other people. <laughs> <laughs> that was me covering my ass. Yeah, thank you guys for sending in your new names for this week. So the current leaderboard sees Dave Abbott-Smith and Jordan Ritchie tied in third on three points. Jimmy Ferruja, actually no, sorry, they've been bumped out. I take that back. Apologies, guys. Jimmy Ferruja is in third position on four points. Andrew Parker in second on six. And... Gear is on eight points, so he has oh, topped the leaderboard for this. It's week. a blood sport, people. Keep going. <laughs> keep trying your hardest. Next question. You there, eating the paste? Trivia for this week. I'm going to kick the proceedings off. Go to it. All righty. Here. Oh, we've already discussed this. First question. 
Movie at the Googleplex is my dinner with who? <laughs> <laughs> well, in that case, you've already sort of answered my first question as well, because I was like, what's the name of the cinema that the Simpsons go to? Ah, okay, yes. All it right. is, of course, the Googleplex. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay. laughs> my next question is, what aisle can you find headstones and wills in at the Quickie Mart? Oh, good Lord. Oh, I can't have that many aisles. So, uh, I'm going to say... Aisle three. Aisle six. Oh, there's six aisles in the Quickie Mart. Wow, it's bigger than I expected. Yeah. <laughs> um, in the credits of uh, The Poke of Zorro, uh, you have the characters of Wise Nun and Stupid Nun. Um, do you know who played Wise Nun and who played Stupid Nun? No, I do not. Okay. <laughs> uh, as Stupid Nun, it was uh, Oscar winner and national treasure Meryl Streep. And, oh, wow. And as wise nun, um, not an Oscar winner, but still a bit of a treasure, Posh Spice. Posh Spice, that is, yeah. I guess it's a dated reference because she's not really a thing anymore, but everyone still knows who she is, I guess. Well, That's great. Right. <laughs> Do people still call her Posh Spice? I mean, now she's Victoria Beckham. So she's I'm, Victoria Beckham, yeah. I, yeah. I think she tries to distance herself from being a Spice Girl now. That's the thing. I mean, I think people call her Victoria Beckham. I don't know how many people call... Uh, Emma Bunton, I think everyone still calls her Baby Spice. I don't She'll think... always be Baby Spice. Absolutely. Yeah, I think she's the. I think she might be the only one who hasn't really sort of transcended the Spice thing. I mean, people call nah, her Mel Spice. Mel B, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, but uh, yeah, so that's that was that question. But yours next, your next one, sir. My next question is, what is the, or what does the bumper sticker say on the Colonel's van? Well, he's got a few of them, doesn't he? I mean... Um... Uh, the, the, there's one that says Honk. Starts with honk. Oh, uh, is it honk if you demand satisfaction? That is correct. Yes. <laughs> well, it's funny you should mention uh, bumper stickers on the Southern uh, gentleman's car or uh, RV, I believe it was, uh, because he uh, one of the, another one of those stickers says that he was a member of a dueling society. Do you remember where that dueling society was oh, based? Was it Charleston? It was indeed Charleston. Nice, Charleston, uh, yeah. good sharp eyes yeah. on Dando there. Where was Homer's car made? Oh, we're very much in sync today because this is what I was going to ask. <laughs> okay. okay, yes, because um, the the Hicks or the uh, the rural gentleman on the veranda at C- uh, Sneed's Feed and Seed, yes, give uh, Homer some static for oh his fancy German car. It was made in Guatemala. <laughs> <laughs> My final question is: Which animal causes the helicopter c- to crash? Oh, was it a cow? It was a sheep. It was a sh- Oh, I knew it was either beef or lamb. Um, what's your final question, sir? My question is, what does tobacco taste like when the Wiggums try it? Grandma? It does indeed taste like grandma. <laughs> Did your grandma have a, like a, a smell? Like her place. When, when, when you'd be to her house and you left, did, did it have like a certain, certain smell? My, my nan, she has like this certain perfume that she wears. So whenever do- like Jet goes there for the day and comes home, he smells like grandma. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah. Look, there was certainly a distinctive kind of smell. Not neither neither good nor bad, but certainly it's like, oh yeah, I've been at Nana's. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, look, if I really sort of, I'd, not that I have to put my mind to it, but I'd have to sort of, I think I'd have to go smell some things to. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so yeah, I'm probably gonna have to go around and sniff a whole bunch of things before I can remember what yet you know, the the just you know, the real 
specific combination of odors at Nana's place. But uh, oh no, it ha- yeah, it has its real. <laughs> it's on the nose. You know it. The nose knows. <laughs> All right, guys, we'll be coming with a full review of EIEI Annoyed Grunt after the break. If you're looking for even more Guy and Dando in your ears each week, well, you can find it on Patreon with The Guy and Dando Show airing every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Here you'll find us discussing everything and anything, whether it be our favourite 90s sitcoms or even our favourite pub meals. It's a hell of a good time, and it's available right now for just $1 a month at patreon.com slash discount. The Guy and Dando Show. You know you want it. Now, Guy, we need to stress to the listeners how much stress we've been through trying to get this episode recorded. <laughs> we are having technical difficulties, folks. Yeah, I mean, we may have to put up that little sort of picture of the guy, the dude drunk at the camera. because um, I hope to God this is like coming through okay because we've had interference from, you know, just the, the phone interference, just the, the, the static. We've had the phone cut out two or three times. We've had... The microphone's not working. We've got Elliot screaming at the door. We've got Nicola almost in tears trying to keep him contained. Oh, good It's God. a hell of a morning at the Dando house. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a little, it's a little more sedate at, uh, at the Davis household today. But uh, look, I feel your pain, man. But uh, well, and uh, look, I had a microphone stuff up early on. Uh, so look, if the sound is not as pristine as usual, dear listeners, uh, cut us a little bit of slack. You know, <laughs> we're working on it. We're doing our absolute best. My God, let's get let's get through this. So the episode <laughs> kicks off with the family all at the cinema. Um, you well, think they're yeah. watching a war film. You think they're watching a war film, but they're actually watching a commercial for Buzz Cola. <laughs> they are indeed. Look, before that, however, they I mean. I just wanted to point out they've got the uh, the blackboard yag at the very start. I did not win the Nobel Fart Prize. Oh shit, God! I didn't. I, I'm so fucking tired and stressed that I forgot to do the, the usual. So the original air date and everything. So the original air date was November 7th, 1999. As Guy just said, the chalkboard gag, I did not win the Nobel Fart Prize and the couch gag was that the living room was a a, a, a disco, a nightclub. Continue, yeah. Mr. Davis. Sorry I was about, about to say, that. no, no, with that blackboard gag, I got I, when I saw it, I thought, eh, they can't all be winners. <laughs> <laughs> and I must admit... But that, 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 to me, that reminded me of a very, like, season one, season two kind of chalk gag. It's just, it's just toilet humour. It's just very simple. Very yeah. <laughs> you, you can do better, guys. Uh, and the yep. couch gag, you know, denied entry to the VIP area. Look, we could go on and on. I could tell heaps of stories about how I've been turned away from various pubs and clubs for not wearing the right shoes or just being completely shit-faced drunk and, you know, <laughs> not a good patron. But, you know, that's that's a story for another time. That sounds like a, that sounds like a, a topic for the Guy and Dando show. It could well be, actually, yes. We, we may go into that in greater detail on the Dando and Guy show in the future. But meanwhile, back to the Googleplex. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So they're watching the Buzz Cola commercial. Homer wants uh, to go get some snacks because the commercial's worked. He wants to go get some cola. And he wants to smother or drown his milk duds in butter. And it looks very, very sickening, but also delicious. It, I think they did the butter in kind of a caramel colour. It made me look, oh, mm. yeah, that does look nice. Plus a nice bit of sort of uh, timely coronavirus shout out. Hmm. You're not supposed to go to the bathroom without washing your hands either. Uh, touche. <laughs> yes, yes, very, very relevant. <laughs> then we get the uh, the poke of Zorro. What do you think of this? Being a movie reviewer, um, I actually, well, look, I'm a, I'm a big, big fan of the Mask of Zorro, which only which came out about a year before this um, this episode went to air with Antonio Banderas film, right? Oh yeah, and Anthony Hopkins and Catherine Zeta Jones. Yeah, I. I am ride or die for this movie. I honestly think it is one of the best action adventure movies of the last half century. If you haven't seen Mask really? of Zorro, oh, it's brilliant. I mean, 
for mine, there's like Raiders of the Lost Ark and then Mask of Zorro is not far behind it. I really, really dig it. It's from the director of GoldenEye and Casino Royale. Banderas is fantastic. Catherine Rosita-Jones is just mwah. So look, I'm down, I'm down with Zorro and I'm down with this version of Zorro that is completely inaccurate because <laughs> it's got the man with the iron mask, the three musketeers, King Arthur, the Scarlet Pimpernel and ninjas. So, yeah. And then the R&B hip hop in the credits. <laughs> I've got a, a my, my good friend Anthony will occasionally sort of um, bust out those lyrics. I think he was very taken with the um, with the Will Smith-esque Zorro rap at the end of Poker yeah. Zorro. <laughs> it was very Will Smith-esque, wasn't it? Yeah, very, very well, I guess that's what... A lot of uh, that was Will Smith's sort of prime, wasn't it? Late yeah, night. men in this is sort of between Men in Black and Wild Wild West. Or this may have been actually just post Wild Wild West. Now Wild Wild West was like ninety eight, wasn't it? Or was it ninety nine? Well, this is ninety nine. I think I think Wild Wild West might have been ninety nine as well. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, because everyone liked everyone liked the Men in Black rap, and Wild Wild West. It's kind of like eh, wiggity wiggity Wild Wild West. I think you're pushing it, Will. <laughs> <laughs> Sacred Blur, the deadly poke of Zorro. What? N? What does N stand for? No, no, it's a Z. I am Zorro. Z for Zorro. I have come to return King Arthur to the throne. It's a history lesson come to life. No, it isn't. It's totally inaccurate. Wait, here come the ninjas. What part of stop cutting my dress off don't you understand? <laughs> SP? The Scarlet Pimpernel! We're just, uh, friends. She's lying! Slice her head off! Your honor has been insulted! This will not stand! Ooh, you don't want to get Zorro mad! You're pouring hot butter on my lash! <laughs> Sir, I demand satisfaction. I challenge you to a duel. <gasps> Do you accept, or are you a coward? I am a coward! Yeah! You go, Zorro! I, King Arthur, declare Zorro the new King of England. Yes! To the O to the double R-O He's a dude in a mask from the barrio With his horse and his mask and his big old sword He'll cut your butt from a 52 board So everyone leaves the cinema It's actually like the second time in like five episodes We've started off at the cinema with everyone satisfied with the movie I think it was yeah, the Mel Gibson one Snake bumps past Marge and Homer He's inspired by the whole dueling thing So he, he challenges, he grabs the glove and challenges Snake to a duel I thought this was hilarious. I, I didn't think it was very much like Snake's character to run away like that. That's I, true. I don't know. But still, it was just like, you crazy dude. <laughs> I did like that Snake called Marge Q-Tip when he, when he budged yes. past her. <laughs> Move it, Q-Tip. Oh. Why, that little insult to your honor. Sir, I demand satisfaction. Ugh. Are you crazy, dude? I challenge you to a duel. Ugh. <laughs> the dude is crazy. Will you duel or are you a coward? Would a coward do this? Bye! Yeah! My hero! H is for Homer! Thanks, Homer. Uh, we're now at Moe's and Skinner and Agnes walk in. Skinner needs a toilet. I love that. You know, you know why? Because his bladder's full. 
full of urine. <laughs> I, just, I just love Skinner's mother. She's so awful. She's a horrible person. It's, she just is. Every time you see her, she's just belittling her son in one way or another. But I, yeah, I think that might be a line that I've sort of kept in the back of my mind for ages. It's just one that was just, you know, so dopey that's hilarious. He needs a toilet. His bladder's full. Full of urine. <laughs> <laughs> it's just cracking me up. But anyway, um, but um, yeah, Homer is recognizing the uh, the value. Of the glove slap and 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 you know sort of uh, challenging people to a duel, it gets him everything he wants in life. I think this storyline doesn't get the credit it deserves. It's pretty fucking funny. I reckon it is. It's just so petty. <laughs> and the thing is, like like Mo says, like he bows down, and Homer's like, "Really, you gonna you gonna do that?" He's like, "Well, I've never been slapped by a glove before." And it's like, "It's true." <laughs> if some guy slapped you like that, you'd be like, "This guy's actually completely crazy." I don't want to see what he's gonna do next. Absolutely. I mean. Um when we get to questions, yeah, the the whole notion of the slap is something I do want to discuss. But I mean, yeah, I like that Mo is just so sort of confused by the whole thing. What a duel! Isn't that a little extreme? <laughs> but everyone backs down from the glove slap. I mean, you know, from Mo to Doctor Hibbert, I mean, he will he'll give himself the injection, but he'll give away the lollipop. I think that I thought that was hilarious. We also need to point out the uh, the glove slap rendition by the B fifty twos was also great that they got those guys on board to sing it. Yeah, because I initially thought when I when I heard it, it was like, oh, wow, well, they've got a really good sort of B-52 sound-alike band to do, you know, glove slap. And then, of course, you get to the end credits and it's the actual B-52s. I also have to point out that I love the, you insulted my honour, I demand satisfaction. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so he's going to the Quickie Mart and then his challenge is suddenly accepted by the Southern Colonel at the Quickie Mart. Coming through, challenge to a highland. How dare you demand satisfaction? Sir, your challenge is accepted. Huh? I agree to the duel, sir. I choose pistols at dawn. Pistols at dawn? Oh, why did I have to slap a guy who says, sir? You'll need a will and a headstone. Aisle six. Aisle six? Oh. Uh, the family tried to reassure him. He challenges Bart to a, deal, uh, to a duel after Bart says something, so he clearly hasn't learnt his lesson. <laughs> And of course, of course, he always wants to. He's going to place blame on the glove that's going around slapping people. Yes, yes. Uh, the colonel then arrives with his wife. His wife's no. He's, he's batting above his average. Must say. I must say. Yeah, he's doing all right. The old, uh, the old southern gentleman with that. Is his wife in a bikini or something? Or uh, she's just in like a a very revealing top. Like oh, a, okay then. <laughs> a denim sort of top. Yeah, but it, uh, not very nice for for Homer to. Uh, Point out how attractive she is in front of Marge, is it? <laughs> no, we're, we're getting some more jackass home <laughs> in <Yes>. this episode. <laughs> the, yeah, the man, the man just can't control his appetites, whether it's for, you know, milk duds uh, smothered in butter or challenging people to a duel or just, you know, shapely, shapely babes outside the window. They come up with a pretty good plan uh, to sneak Homer out of the house. They empty out the Christmas tree. That was actually quite funny in a few moments how that you wanted to get rid of it in April. But they are, so he's hanging <laughs> onto the tree and the, was it the, the, the colonel offers to shoot it to break it into little pieces or something. <laughs> um, they pull over at the, uh, at the petrol station or the, what do they call it in the States? They call it a service in the UK. It's a gas, it's a gas, a gas station. station. A gas station. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he calls Flanders. Flanders, you got to help me. Is there a Southern couple parked in front of my house? Ooh, yes, indeedy, Homer. Looks like they're settling in for a long stay. I was afraid of that. Well, goodbye, my gentle neighbor. You know, I've always wanted to tell you how much... To continue talking, please deposit 10 cents. Ah, screw it. 
I'm pretty sure that was used in the commercial because that's one of the moments that seems to stick out to me. Yeah. Uh, they realize they can't go home, so they ask Jimmy Carter to build a house. I'm going to be honest, I don't know too much about Jimmy Carter, but he seems to always be the butt of jokes in The Simpsons. Was he uh, just not a very good president? Well, I think around this time, certainly, I think he was viewed as um, a little bit of a lame duck. I mean, um, I think the whole Iran hostage situation, uh, dramatised in the movie Argo, sort of happened on his watch and people were kind of like, oh, you weren't you weren't too macho about that, Jimmy. Why don't you go in and get our boys out or whatever? It's only been in recent years that people have reevaluated Jimmy Carter as, you know, well, the dude's 92 and he's actually still building habitats for humanity. I mean, he's... He's still... Oh, so, he, so he genuinely does this? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, I'm, I'm not a huge student of American politics and presidents and all that kind of stuff, but everything I've read and heard about Jimmy Carter is like, he's a legitimately good dude. So in, in this case, it's kind of hilarious that he's actually down to duel. <laughs> I, thought that was pretty, I thought that was pretty good. <laughs> the Simpsons refer to him as history's greatest monster. They did that as well, which I think is, yeah, a bit of a... Yeah, over-exaggeration, because, yeah, I mean, he was, I think, a very, not not a happy clapper Christian like, say, ScoMo, but I think he was a genuine churchgoer, and he sort of brought his Christian faith to bear when he was making policy decisions and, and speaking to the nation as the president. So, yeah, to, 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 to tout him as history's greatest monster, you know, you got your tongue pretty firmly in your cheek there. But, uh, look, I think when Jimmy Carter checks out, which... I mean, the guy is in his 90s, but as I said, still putting together houses for humanity. I think history is going to be very, very kind to him. But, um, yeah, I mean, sorry, that's a, that's a bit of a sidetrack about uh, <laughs> an America, uh, history uh, of American politics. But, yeah, Jimmy Carter, the most mellow of presidents, is down to, uh, down to duel. He's not taking any guff from Homer. So they race off because they're scared of Jimmy Carter, and they realise <laughs> on the, they're on the rural Route 9, and they find the old Simpsons farm. It's uh, made a, an appearance once again. And it's one of those things where they always, well not always, but a few times they've referenced that they grew up on this farm in, in, out, out in the middle of nowhere, but they, they never sort of go back and live there. So it's, it's surprising that it took 10 seasons, but they finally get back to the farm and Homer's first thing is to take all his clothes off as you do when you first walk in the front door, or he hasn't <laughs> even been in the front door yet, and just go looking for the, uh, the, the, the dam. The old swimming hole, but yeah. um, yes, doesn't, <laughs> watch out for snakes. <laughs> I just love doing that, honestly. And maybe, like I said, maybe I'm once again in the minority, but when I worked at Ford, Nicola wouldn't get home till like 5.30, I'd knock off at 4. Didn't have Elliot at that time. I'd get home, shoes off, pants off in front of the TV. Oh, <laughs> yeah, pants off. Oh, look, pants off when you're done, when the working day is done is, you know, one of those rare treats that you should not deny yourself. Yeah, exactly right, yeah. So the family all walk into the house. It's completely dilapidated, full of animals. Yeah, um, what are they ra- called, raccoons? Cats with rabies. Cats with rabies. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, uh, they do a bit of exploring. Lisa finds uh, what she believes is an unshorn sheep in the uh, in the barn. Turns out to be a rat that uh, actually gets a really cool hairstyle as a result. Looks like Stripe from Gremlins. It does. <laughs> I also appreciate it. Uh, a little bit uh, before this, uh, Marge saying she's going to repress the the rage she's feeling. Oh yes, always. Yeah, I think I think they really steered into it around the around these seasons, around the the whole eight, nine, ten, and and moving forward a little bit. Yeah, but um, yeah, they tapped into Marge's yes underlying dissatisfaction and rage. 
We also get Homer's first track the moment. Go get Lassie. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny the first time it happens, but yeah, I mean, it's all, it's a bit like the uh, you know, the famous rake gag from Cape Fear where, you know, whack, 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 whack. Yeah, <laughs> just this this tractor just keeps ending up crushing him all the time. Um, yeah, it's, it's, a pretty, it's a pretty neat gag. I think my favourite one was coming up when the guy throws the corn and it hits the tractor and just falls on him again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so Homer arrives at Sneed's feed and seed. Well, well, look at the city slicker pulling up in his fancy German car. This car was made in Guatemala. Well, pardon us, Mr. Gucci Loafers. I bought these shoes from a hobo. Well, la dee da, Mr. Park Avenue Manicure. I'm sorry, I believe in good grooming. The shopkeeper says that, you know, you won't be able to grow anything on the old Simpson farm. Not going to happen. Or Homer says, I'll, I'll show you. Custard bar eating watermelon, actually store-bought. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Homer's planting a bit of everything here. Um, I think like even like some sort of candy. <laughs> I think the gummy bears ended up in there as well, yes. And um, he crashes under the tractor once again. Like a month later, nothing has grown. It's just an absolute failure. Everyone else is doing all right, though. He's got corn as high as an elephant's eye. So is that, is that how they really measure corn, is it? <laughs> uh, it's actually, it's, um, it, that's actually a reference to a song from the musical Oklahoma. Is it really? Okay. Yeah, where, where they refer, where, you know, the, uh, the soil is so fertile in the, in, the, in the titular state that the corn grows as high as an elephant's eye, blah, blah, blah. Ah, okay, yeah. there you go. That's the thing I've learnt this week. Thank you, Mr. Davis. Oh, <laughs> Yes, for for useless info about uh, old Broadway musicals, yeah, Guy's your man. Come see Guy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but as we were saying, the shopkeeper was obviously right because the Simpsons farm is just, you cannot grow anything there. It's just not happening. The other farmers continue to bully Homer. Says, oh, I'm, I'm just taking the piss. I'm just having a bit of fun. We don't mean nothing by it. Throws him some free corn, hits a tractor, falls on him. <laughs> yeah, so nothing is going to grow on the Simpsons farm until... Careful, steady. Time to give Mother Nature a little goose. Well, Marge, have you ever seen a field glow like that? It's eerily beautiful, but are you sure this is safe? Of course not, but you know something? Sometimes you have to break the rules to free your heart. You got that from a movie poster. Well, when there's nothing left to believe in, believe in hope. Where'd you get that? From the producers of Waiting to Exhale. Is that plutonium on your gums? Shut up and <gasps> kiss me. Mm. I thought you would appreciate this next scene too with Homer just quoting movies. <laughs> just all the cliches you get on posters. and yeah, but I love that they top it out with the... Where'd you get that from? From the producers of Waiting to Exhale. <laughs> it's very, it's very good delivery by Mr. Castellana. I'm, I'm, yes. I'm, I'm going to keep mispronouncing Dan's name, I'm sure, but I just thought that was a it's just a really great delivery. Homer wakes up, Marge, expecting the crops to have grown and everything to be great. It was a, it was a good visual here of the family walking out the door, looking up, and then sort of facing the camera. It's not very often you see the Simpsons from front on like that. No, they always they always look a little odd, but yeah, I just thought it was a, a funny visual. They look out. All right, no, don't panic. It's possible the giant vegetables are invisible. Where are you? Honey, give it up. Oh, you're right. This farm's hopeless. Why didn't I listen to those inbred hicks? 
I guess I'll just go hang myself in the barn. Homer, no! Let him go, Mom. I didn't really like the fact that Homer says he's just going to go kill himself in the barn, though, and then Bart's just accepting of it. Just let him go, Mom. <laughs> well, I don't, I, to, to me, I, I know, I know, maybe it's a bit touchy, but to me, suicide should never really be a joke. I get where you're coming from. I think we've talked about this in the past. How you know, I don't think we were insensitive to sort of mental health issues back in the day, but uh, you know, I think I think there was a stage where you could probably you know, <laughs> if you're having a bad day, say, oh, geez, I think I'm just going to go shoot myself. And it'd be like, yeah, buddy, I hear you. <laughs> and, and, yeah, you know, yeah. Without, you know, saying, oh, dude, no, don't do that. I mean, so if someone says that now, it's like, okay, well, that's alarm bells. We need to make sure this guy's okay. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But yeah, back in, back in 1999, it was more like, eh, <laughs> bad day. I hear you. But I get where you're coming from, exactly. Uh, Lisa then finds a sprout, fortunately. Um, Homer is very, very happy with this. And then we get the little montage, which includes the, the tractor shot, all the different photos of the crops growing. <laughs> now, the, the music, Green Acres. I loved this show as a kid. I, I watched it a bit, but uh, look, it, it, was, it was on after um, on in the afternoons after school. And I was like, eh, yeah, look, this is one of those shows I could be watching. But, you know, there's people who get smart on the other channel, so we're probably going to watch that. <laughs> <laughs> I remember it used to be the, uh, the Green Acres Beverly Hillbillies hour. Oh. On like Channel 9 when I was growing up, yeah. Oh, God, the rural comedy hour, fantastic. Uh, they realise that tomato has been mixed with tobacco. Tastes terrible, but it is very, very addictive. Cue tomacos. Addictive, eh? <laughs> I just love it, when, I love it when you see Homer's gears turning. It's like, hmm, opportunity. I can monetize this. Yes, indeed. But um, it actually is a pretty genius idea if you're allowed to get away with this. <laughs> well, it was possible. <laughs> yeah, well, didn't some gen? I think um, I read on Wikipedia or somewhere that some actual some dude actually created real tobacco. I think he actually crossbred tobacco and tomatoes. I don't know how. <laughs> I don't think he was able, actually able to sort of turn it into a, a proper, legitimate, uh, you know, business or anything like that. But I think the science is there. I think you could actually do it. Excuse me, Mister Farmer Man. I promised my son he could tip over his first cow, and I... Tomacco? Yes, it's the latest craze. Try some, won't you? Go ahead, Ralphie. The stranger is offering you a treat. Hmm. Oh, Daddy, this tastes like Grandma. Holy Moses, it does taste like Grandma. I want more. Yeah, me too. We'll take a bushel or a packer. Just, just give it to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh. Can I interest you in a mincemeat pie? They're very... Does it have tobacco in it? No, but I use only Pass. the... Fr- I, I thought it was odd that... And they do it a, a lot now in the recent episodes that where Wiggum just suddenly doesn't know who the Simpsons family are. <laughs> yeah, we've, I think we've said... Yeah, we have also said in the past about, yeah, sometimes you got to throw away continuity for the sake of a good gag, and yeah, yes. they'll, they'll do that occasionally. But yeah, you're right, it is weird. They don't want any of Marge's mince pies. They only want tomacos. I love, so Custer, they've got a, a long line of people who just look like crack addicts just waiting for their, their hit <laughs> of the tomaco. Marge offers pies. Homer's, you're scaring the customers, honey. <laughs> <laughs> then they get a visit from the Laramie team. From they team Laramie. They take the family for a ride. Um, they offer them $150 million. Cuts to, can, you speak, can I speak to my family? 
And then he just starts to gossip about two of the workers. <laughs> was, it like, was it a meal? I think a meal's got a meal and Minty Minnie have got something going on. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> and then it cuts. And then they decide they're gonna take it for all they're worth. We want hundred and fifty billion dollars <laughs> and get thrown out. They get home, back home and realise that all the farm animals have now eaten all the plants, eaten all the crops. Homer goes to fight a cow and uses the old look at flying saucer. That's just been one of those classic things at cows and UFOs, isn't it? It has been. It's been an urban legend for goodness knows how long that you know, aliens were coming down and, uh, and mutilating cattle. Yeah. I don't know how... It, look, as conspiracy theories go, it's right up there with, you know, that 5G is causing the coronavirus. But uh, <laughs> it's so odd. I mean, uh, but it's one that sort of gained traction for a very, very long time. I mean, I, I'll tell you what, I might have to do a little bit of reading on it just about the whole background of it because... I think we've always liked our conspiracy theories, but that's one of the weirder ones that sort of, yeah, got its hooks in. That could be one of our upcoming Guy and Dando shows, Conspiracy Theories. Sounds oh, good to me. Oh, that is not a bad idea, Dando. We'll roll with that. I think the first episode of South Park was about aliens killing cattle, wasn't it? Uh, it was about abductions, and I think uh, I think a, cattle, uh, a cow or two probably got uh, butchered in there as well. You're about to launch a terrible evil on the world. You've got to destroy this plant. I know, honey, but what can I do as an individual? I wouldn't know where to begin. Just burn that plant right now and end this madness. I wish I could make a difference, Lisa, but I'm just one man. <sighs> I agree, but how? Ah! 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 They're after the tobacco! <laughs> Tell me nicotine's not addictive. Lisa, there's absolutely no evidence. It's actually quite horrifying hearing the cow speak. I don't know what it is about it, but it is just super creepy. It is, actually, yeah. I mean, look, sometimes talking animals is is fun and cute. I mean, talking cats and mice is you know, kind of adorable. Talking cattle, though, I mean, no, no, that's sort of... Because what would a cow say, you know, if it could talk? It would probably be like, don't eat me. <laughs> And it's like, but, but you're so delicious. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, Homer throws it to get away from the cow and Mindy catches it. They take off. But it all ends terribly for those guys as well because the sheep's on the plane, crashes the plane, it explodes. Tomacos are all gone. But here's the thing though. Why didn't the Simpsons just make it again? Because I think it was just pure dumb luck, that combination of yeah. stuff that he threw into the ground. I mean, what was it? It was like you know, two tomato seeds, one bit of tobacco, a gummy yeah. bear. And it looked like there was something else in there that Homer just pulled out of his pockets. So, yeah, I mean, I don't think this is a formula that could be easily, uh, easily reconstructed. So everything's back to where it was. They return home, or so they think, and then we get quickly reminded, I thought this was a very good transition. I've never been so glad to be home. I don't know why we ever left in the first place. Five, six, seven, eight, I say eight, nine, and ten. What is that intoxicating aroma? Could that be, I say, could that be mincemeat pie? It certainly is. Why don't you put down your gun and have a slice? Ah, oh, don't mind if I do. Hey, are we dueling or what? Oh, where are my manners? Oh! Oh! You okay, Dad? I think so. The bone stopped the bullet. Dad, this might be one of those things you should go to the hospital for. After pie. But Marge's pie. 
Saves the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, you think that's going nowhere, the whole Marge mince pie thing, but no, it actually saves the day in the end, doesn't it? Mm. So this this mincemeat pie, I mean, you know, it's weird for us as Australian audience, Australian viewers, sort of, oh, mincemeat pie, I don't know if that sounds any good. Then you realise, oh, it's just a, it's a pie. It's a meat pie. Oh, so it's not like a mince pie that you get at Christmas time. No, no, she says mince meat pies, I'm pretty sure. So, all right, fair enough. Yeah, because a, like a, a meat pie, you can't get in America. It's all you can, but it's just not a thing. Yeah. I was really surprised. I was like, can I just have a meat pie? And they looked at me funny. Yeah. And then I realized, oh, no, it's a, it's it's just a four and 20. Oh, it's, a, it's sort of a bigger version, but... Uh, yeah. yeah, delicious. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but the episode ends with um with a homer getting shot, but he survives. Just gets shot in the arm, and he's going to go to the hospital after he ate some yes, pie, indeed. and we get the glove slap during the credits. Indeed, the by the actual B fifty twos, yeah, the whole the whole the whole track, which um, yeah, glove slap, sh- uh, shut your big yap, and glove slap, I don't take crap. I think I, I think they reworked Love Shack really well. Yeah, I, I whenever I hear this song, I think of the Simpsons version now. <laughs> so do I actually. <laughs> but yeah, all in all, it's like you said at the start, it's not a classic by any means. Two stories that probably couldn't have been stretched out for the full twenty two minutes, but. I really did dig the Homer glove slap angle. I think if they really wanted to and thought about it, they probably could have stretched that one out maybe. Um, but out of the two, that was that was definitely my preferred story. What about well, you? Oh, look, I'm, I'm very much a team glove slap as well. Look, the more I think about it, the more I think, well, you know, this whole episode is like tobacco. It's, you know, two things that have been sort of, that really shouldn't work together. And this is two storylines that have been smooshed together to create a, a whole new thing, a whole new unique thing. That is a very... Interesting point, sir. <laughs> I don't know how interesting it is, but look, it's certainly I've, something... Um, I've never even thought about it like that. No, completely. It, it makes complete sense. Something to consider. What did we learn, Palmer? What did you learn from the episode, Mr. Davis? Um, <laughs> that uh, tomatoes by themselves are pretty good. Uh, that tobacco by itself is pretty good. I say that as someone who used to smoke a pack a day back in the day. Um, tomatoes and tobacco together... Not that great. <laughs> you had it the other day, did you? I did. <laughs> I learned that possessed farm animals is a horror flick just waiting to happen. It is. Um, there's a New Zealand movie uh, came out in the mid-2000s called Black Sheep. Have you ever heard of that? I have heard of this, yes. Is it any good? Which is basically, um, yeah, kill a sheep. Um, and you, But it's sort of done, It's it's, I don't know if Peter Jackson had anything to do with it. But it's very much in that Peter Jackson kind of tone. Um, okay. It's a, it's actually yeah really good. I remember. I mean, I haven't rewatched it in ages, but uh, I remember seeing it back around oh seven or oh eight, whenever it was made, and thinking, not bad. You know, it's got a few <laughs>, laughs. It's got a few good gory moments, and it's you know, it sort of steers into the whole ridiculousness of its premise, which is you know, carnivorous sheep. So um, yeah, you. I, I don't think you're wrong. You know, farm animals. You know, running amok and, it's well, it's like Grandpa Simpson once said, you ever seen a burger that could take a bite out of you? That's you know, that's what, um, you know, killer farm animals are. It's the patron mailbag time. Mailbag time. So we asked the patrons this week, did you want to ask a question, Guy? Did you want to answer one of them? I would, I would actually. So now, oh, forgive me, I've got to get to the actual... Da-da-da. Sorry, I'm making weird noises while I'm doing that, but I wanted to get the actual name of the person who asked the question because I know we were asked about underrated adult jokes in The Simpsons and what were some of our favourites. As far as I'm concerned, Sneeze, Feed and Seed, formerly Chucks, 
is really the you know the grand heavyweight champion of that kind of thing. But they they usually use Krusty to get a few over the line. Krusty gets a few across, but it's huge. I've I've found that it, they tend to be from um, Burns and Smithers. Smithers, yep, definitely. Smithers, the- especially. I mean, yeah, I mean the one with you know where he said, "Well, my opinion, sir, women and semen don't mix." Yes, we know what you think. <laughs> I mean, that's <laughs> that's right up there as far as I'm concerned. And um, I also like the one where uh, Mr. Burns was tagging along with Greenpeace. I think. I mean, this is really that dirty or anything like that. But um, but he was surprise you fools <laughs> and he you know mr burns pulls off the hippie wig and you know the man you trusted wasn't wavy gravy at all and all this time i've been smoking harmless tobacco and throws away the bong yeah. <laughs> so it's like <laughs> i know i saw that was a pretty good one but yeah women and semen don't mix is yeah that's <laughs> that's pretty that's, high that's quality that's about, about as dirty as you can get i think on a kid's show <laughs> i think so yeah <laughs> but except in, in recent years so um you probably would well you wouldn't have seen these episodes but we had Miss Hoover and Bart in a future episode, like set in the future, sleep together, and Bart turns to her and says, "Well, now I know why they call you Miss Hoover." Oh, good God! <laughs> <laughs> uh, by the way, it was Dave Abbott Smith who uh, who asked that question. Okay, I'll ask a couple more questions here. Joseph O'Hara, if you could slap anyone, and I say anyone, who would it be and why? It could be a personal celebrity, known personality, anybody. That's from Joseph O'Hara. I want to slap the guy that ate the fucking bat. <laughs> oh yeah. Dickhead, yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, so whoever ate that, everything. <laughs> they're making life very inconvenient, very uncomfortable for a lot of people right now. So yeah, that yeah, Batman, that got, Batman gets a glove slap. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was very interested in Andrew Parker's question about um, what item other than a glove would you slap someone with to initiate a duel. Uh, Dave Abbott said a full salmon carcass, which I thought was pretty funny, but. <laughs> I was thinking about this, and I think the glove is actually the point because, you know, a slap is kind of more demeaning than a punch. Yeah, yeah. A slap's like a teaser for what's to come next. It's like, oh, well, it didn't really hurt so much, but it's like, this guy's clearly fucking crazy. Yeah. do I seem weak by not wanting to find out what he's going to do next? Because a slap, if I run away from a slap, I look a bit like weak. Yeah. But I don't want to know what's coming next, so what do I do? Yeah, and a glove slap is even more demeaning than that. It's like, I'm not even going to saw my hands on you. You don't. You don't even get touched by these five fingers, man. You. 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 Will, yeah. I'm just going to break out the glove and whip it across your face. So I know. I think the glove is kind of the point. Funny story. Uh, people, people, someone who you used to work with has two kids, and one of said kids joined a gang. And keep in mind, primary school, right? Oh. <laughs> Started a gang called the Purple Hand Gang. <laughs> and what they did was this guy from work took his kids to time zone and they got a bunch of the sticky hands they put, and they were purple, <laughs> got a pack of them. He went to school, him and his three mates all got given this purple hand, a sticky hand, and he would go around slapping kids on the face, calling themselves, you just got slapped by the purple hand gang. It's <laughs> <laughs> <That is> hilarious. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you off the air who it was. You can kind of imagine. Plays guitar quite a bit. Um I, I had a so, feeling it would be that child. <laughs> Seriously, the purple hand gang, and they would like draw purple hands on the walls and stuff, and just like slap kids on the face. I thought it was just fantastic. UK listeners to the show, please get on on the, on the Facebook page and remind me if was there an actual show with a teenage gang called the Red Hand Gang. I get the feeling they might have been in Grange Hill or something along those lines, but that feels like something that I might have seen when I was young, or that you know was a thing on. UK kids TV, like the Red Hand Gang. I think I, 
I'm not. I look. I could probably Google it, but it's going to be more fun for you guys to join in and and and, and share a bit. But uh, yeah, yeah. The, but the purple hand gang got around. You've been slapped by the purple <laughs> hand gang. <laughs> it's hilarious. It's like the Foot Clan. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Andy Gangler, what obstacles or disagreements would you like to avoid using a glove slap? Oh, well, um, what do you got in mind? Uh, maybe when Nicola wants to put something shitty on the television. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, true. And, and just a very, and not even a glove slap, more like a glove tap. Just, just on the hand as well, not in the face. <laughs> <laughs> when she's sort of lingering too long on some kind of, yeah, on a show that's just torture to watch like, hmm, your opinion is noted. One thing that Nicola and I, we don't disagree on too many things, but one of the things we disagree on is she always skips the intro when we watch a TV show. And I like to watch the intro because it gets me in the mood, sets the tone for the show. And she always goes to skip, to skip it. So I'd love to have oh. a little glove slap just go, no, do not skip. <laughs> she, 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 she even skips the Better Call Saul one. It goes for like 10 seconds. Oh, she don't do that. I'm like, you can't wait 10 seconds? Yeah, man. <laughs> Let's go one more question. Yeah, uh, Mark Boston Burgess asked, is a mince pie a, substitute, a suitable antidote for a gunshot wound? I would say yes, but only if it's a Beaumont's meat pie. Now, I'm sorry, I'm going oh, to take, right. take a step back in time here because th- this, is, this is a Geelong-made meat pie. They don't do them anymore, unfortunately, but Beaumont's meat pies were just the, the apex, the ultra, the ultimate in, uh, in meat pies. They had a lovely, meaty filling with just a hint of black pepper. Oh, they were so good. Oh, Mitch and I have on numerous occasions talked about how we just miss Beaumont pies. Like going to the footy, we'd always get a few Beaumont pies on the way through, a bit of sauce. Oh, they were just, there's never been a pie like it since. And they tried to bring them back with, you know, because they got bought out by Routley's or whatever. They did, yeah. And they tried to, you know, the original recipe, it's like, nah, wasn't the same. That is correct. It's, and look, not a, well, I will say a day has, a day does go by, but not too many day go, days go by that I think, oh, you don't want to go down really well right now. Beaumont's pie, so mm. yeah, and unfortunately we'll just we'll never have it. It's it's it's, it's a, one of the one of the travesties of being an Australian. <laughs> that, that, that's a, that's a question for for listeners. Actually, this could also be a guy in Dando show as well as food that's been discontinued that you wish could be brought back. Absolutely, yes. We'll we'll definitely put that on the page, and uh, people can add their two cents to that one. All right, guys, thank you for listening to our review of EI EI Doe. Annoyed Grunt. Hope you enjoyed it. Next week, we're going to be reviewing an episode called Hello Gutter, Hello Fatter, which is where Homer bowls a perfect bowling game. Ooh. I do remember really enjoying this one. All I remember is the fact that he becomes a local celebrity because he bowls a perfect game. Can't remember (laughs) too much after that, but looking forward to it. I am looking forward to it also, and uh, looking forward to talking about it with, with Dando and with all of you out there. And don't forget, guys, if you want to support the show... And get a bunch of exclusive podcasts like Take It Like a Mandalorian, Talking Seinfeld, Tales of Futurama, The Guy and Dando Show, which airs every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and a bunch of bonus Simpsons uh, reviews as well as Simpsons commentaries as well. It's all available for just $2 on patreon.com slash four finger discount. Just go there and you also get access into the exclusive four finger discount Facebook group as well as our monthly prize draw. So much oh. content, all for as little as $2 on patreon.com slash fourfinger discount. There's my weekly plug of Patreon out of the way, Guy. Guy, any final words for the listeners? Uh, only that I implore you to come to where the flavour is, come to fourfinger discount country. Yes, it may have been the show about nothing, but Seinfeld fans will get everything they need with our new podcast, Talking Seinfeld, available exclusively on Patreon. 
Starting from the pilot, the Seinfeld Chronicles, we'll be giving each episode the four-finger discount treatment, complete with trivia, fun facts, in-depth reviews, and more. So if you're up with some good old-fashioned yada yada yada, tune in to Talking Seinfeld at patreon.com slash discount.